Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Water for their, for their support over the past couple of months. They will be going live on Shopify in the next few days. Um, so keep an eye over there and that's where they will be selling their nine pack box of wipes at about 25 euro. So keep an eye over there and the best of luck to them. They are up for lots of awards over the next few weeks. So the very best of luck and thank you so much for your support again. So before I give you an introduction to this week's episode, I thought I would share with you a voice note that Katie sent me after we had our chat during the week. And the reason being is she shares exactly why it's so important for same sex couples to share stories like like theirs, like Joe and Katie did with me. So I just want to share this voice note with you quickly. Hey, Cora, um, it was great chatting to you last night. Uh, just wanted to say thanks so much for asking us onto the podcast. It was so nice to to just take that little trip down memory lane and kind of revisit the whole process from start to finish. Um, felt really, really nice. Um, so thanks for that. The reason that we wanted to do the podcast was just to kind of get the message out there to other other same sex couples that you know you can do this and you can have a family and it is within reach and also to anyone kind of going through IVF or fertility treatment that it can work and it does work um, and it worked for us so yeah thanks again. I love that voice note. When I chat to a couple about such a huge moment in their lives it's so nice to sit back and watch them chat to each other. I feel very privileged because I know not a lot of people get to see what I see and that's two people sharing and diving so deep and getting into the really intimate details about such a momentous occasion in their lives so I feel really honoured that Joe and Katie let me into that conversation so enjoy this week's episode they share their journey to motherhood they talk about IVF preparation for birth and labour that, that was ahead of them um, induction and then the birth of their son Sonny. They didn't know he was a boy before he came into the world but they both felt it in their hearts that he was. 
enjoy this week's episode. I loved it and I know you will too. Have a good week and I will chat to you soon. So Joe and Katie, I'm delighted to finally sit down and have this chat with you. It's been a long time coming. Life, predominantly mine, keeps getting in the way. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get stuck in and hear all about Sonny's birth. Thank you so much. We're delighted to be here. Do you want to share a little bit about your lovely family and then we'll get stuck in? Uh, yeah, so I'm Joe Quinn and my wife here is beside us. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, we had our son in September, September 7th, 2021. Um, his name is Sonny and he was born at 6.30. And we also have a long dog, Alfie, who's a greyhound. He's our firstborn. Um, so he's four. He's four, yeah. <laughs> so the four of us live here in Wicklow Town. And how did the introduction go between dog and baby? Actually, really, really well. Yeah, Alfie was very interested in the pregnancy. Joe, he was um, head on the bump for the whole time, really protective. Um, and yeah, he just kind of got used to Sonny straight away. Like we did the whole, I brought home a, a little baby grow um, while Joe and Sonny were still in the hospital and gave it to Alfie and he just kind of gave it a sniff. Um, and then when Sonny came home, he just kind of sniffed him and then went all right, cool. There it, he is. It was almost yeah. like he was like, we were like, this is Sonny. And Alfie's like, yeah, yeah. he's been here for nine months. Like, what's your story? <laughs> so let's go right back to when you guys decided to become parents and um, the process itself. And if you knew anybody else who'd embarked on the same journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose um, the pandemic was like good to us in ways and not good to us in other ways. Um, so we were planning on getting married in August 2020. Um, and it was all up in the air. You know, we'd sent out our save the dates and then it was like, oh God, like make it hit. And it was like, what's going to happen? We don't know. And it was like 100 people, 50 people. Anyway, the wedding's a whole other story, but <laughs> we managed to get married anyway. Uh, we just had 25 of us. Um, but we sat down in about June and we just said, okay, what? Everything is up in the air. Everything is paused in life. We, nothing is sure mm. in the world. You know, we don't know what what to kind of what to really rely on. Um, and we kind of went back to basics and we just had a chat and said, what's mo- what's important to us? And we both said, okay, the wedding is like, you know, we want to be married. The party, we'll have a party whenever we can. But we both knew we wanted to be parents. We wanted to have children. So we just said, right, okay, let's kind of get the ball rolling on this because this is what we can control now um so in June before we were married we went and got the scan kind of started the process um so I did the scan and then we were like okay look if anything happens at least we have so much time before we're married we've so much time you know we're just kind of getting ahead of ourselves so we didn't really know as well how long the process would take but this is this is one thing that's for sure we were both kind of up in the air with work and Mm -hmm. you know we were both kind of in and out of work throughout 2020 and we just kind of thought look this is one thing that we're certain about so let's just let's just do it you know Mm -hmm. and it was it was kind of a good time as well we had a lot of time together to talk through things and we were at home a lot and a lot of the consultations that were on zoom um, and on the phone so we could both kind of be there and you know take notes and it just it just kind of felt like a good time Mm -hmm. to do it and we do know other people who've done it but kind of so we did um 
we went straight for IVF and a lot of same-sex couples would go for um, IUI first, um, especially if they don't have any fertility problems. But we kind of just heard, the kind of hear, we heard in our experience anyway, we heard a lot of, oh, we did IUI three times, it failed. Then we did IVF, heard this so many times. We were like, we don't want to waste a year and a half or two years or and have all of those emotions if we just could go straight for IVF. So we just said, look, we'll go for it see how we get on. So we, and the, we were, we went with Sims IVF and they were, they're obviously like, look, whatever you feel, but we think that this is the best route to go down. Um, so they recommended we go for IVF. So we did. Um, and then, yeah, we just, by the time we were married, we were like, okay, next, the next cycle, let's go for it. We had to do um, one session of couples counseling um, because obviously his donor conceived, so we everybody implications counseling. Yeah, implications. What did I call? Couples counseling. So funny because we they they talked all about this counseling. It's real, like you know, you ha- have you done your counseling? Because we can't get this until you have your counseling done. You can't get blah blah blah. And we were like, oh god, what is this going to be? You know, we we're full sure they were going to be like you know, what do you plan to do? What, what kind of a person are you? What kind of a parent are you going to be? And we kind of thought we were being interviewed. We yeah. were going to be interviewed to be parents and we were absolutely bricking it. <laughs> yeah. But that's not what yeah. at all. Uh, it was the way, yeah. it was lovely. It was, you know, really interesting actually, um, the counselling session. But it was funny because we were like, uh, what will we say? <laughs> we're not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then it brought us to the cycle and uh, up to the cycle. And then we went, did the whole IVF, all the injections and everything. Um, and as Katie said, like we were in such a good position, like home wise, because I was working on Zoom. I was just teaching a few classes. There was no, no big into town, you know, when I, when I before the pandemic, I was like going job to job, like teach okay. yoga and drama. I was like, oh, 20 minutes here, I'll, I'll, that'll be enough time to get to here. And it was just all go. So it was definitely perfect time. So we just basically sat back and relaxed and did the IVF. And it was just, it was actually a really nice process because unlike most couples, they're coming to, especially heterosexual couples, they're coming to IVF as a last resort. Whereas mm-hmm. for us, it was first, you know, so we were like, oh my God, this is so interesting. You know, the, there was a lot less pressure on us, I think. Than there would be on another um, definitely straight couple. Definitely less stress because it was like this was our first option. You know, the first thing we were going to try, um, and just with the place that we were at with our lives, we had so much time and focus and attention to put into it. Um, and yeah, if it didn't work, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We would just try again. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helped to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. And how did you feel physically um, undergoing the IVF? Did you feel it, t- it was tough on your body? Yeah, no, I, I really couldn't say I found it tough at all. I've like, I really flew through it and I, you know, all, all we had heard was, you know, you do hear that you hear it's so tough on the body you hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just made it to not that like I do feel like the power of the mind is really important but like I just kind of called people on Instagram I deleted any I unfollowed people who had like I was following a lot of people for IVF yeah. and then it was like you know people were talking about their failed cycles and I was like unfollow unfollow yeah. and I was not, not having that it's not in my headspace and the two of us were just like this is going to work you know mm. and we had little mantras that we would do every evening doing the injections and we were just 
like I definitely had a bit of swelling when they were doing the egg collection. Like that was probably the hardest part. Yeah, I remember you had the heat packs. Yeah, and we made these kind of castor oil packs, um, which was really good for the swelling. And that was kind of like the most uncomfortable bit was the the swelling um, and the egg collection. And then I suppose it was just, it's, it's so mentally, I suppose it could be so mentally draining, but we were just like, right, we're doing this, we're doing this. We just kept kind of, we just, we had nothing else happening yeah. in our life at that point. It was, I don't yeah. know, remember like in, in 2020, everything kind of opened up a little bit in, in uh, kind of September, October. And then there was like a month of time in kind of November, December where everything was closed. So we were just at home every day like we were both kind of doing bits of work online but like you've got to do the injections at the same time every day in the morning in the evening we were all, always here together mm-hmm. you know we'd do the injections and then we'd sit down have a chat you know think about what was going to happen talk about what we hoped would happen mm-hmm. and it was just a really nice kind of little ritual and mm-hmm. um, it sounds like you were exactly where you needed to be yeah 100%, yeah yeah and, and we were together which was cool because all yeah. of the you know, obviously all the um, appointments. appointments and stuff, uh, Joe was on her own because uh, it was COVID, you know, yeah, so yeah. I like go into the clinic or anything. Um, so tell me about that phone call. Did you wait for the phone call or did you have a positive test at home? <laughs> um, this is, this is going to make me cry because it does every time. So uh, you probably heard about the two week wait when you basically have to wait two weeks to see if it worked or not. Um, and I yeah anyway so I had obviously gotten all the information on my own because Katie was in the car even when they did the transfer she was in the car um but they gave me a sheet of paper with all the directions basically telling me act like you're pregnant for the next two weeks don't do this do this do this and and then you can test on the the very bottom it said do a home test on the 25th of December and I was like Christmas day (laughs) what and I'm obsessed with Christmas um so I head to the car and we now we're very kind of like if someone tells us something once we're like right oh god that's gospel so we were like <laughs> somebody told us before I don't know how we heard this that the home pregnancy test wouldn't be strong enough and you should wait for the blood test so we were like we're waiting for the blood test we're not going to do it could be false positive why would we do that to ourselves blah 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 so we were like we're doing you know and so then they gave me this piece of paper and I was like oh do the home test and she was like yeah the 25th of December do your home test and I was like Okay, so I didn't tell Katie and then I wrapped up a pregnancy test for Christmas for her. So Christmas morning, um, obviously you have to do it for the first pee and I was bursting to go to the toilet at 6 a.m. I was like, Katie, wake up. Santa came. <laughs> what? <laughs> go like, away. It's six in the morning. Why are you waking me up? Leave me alone. It's so Christmas day. <laughs> I poked her enough to wake her up anyway and gave her the pregnancy test. And she was like, what the hell? No, we're not allowed to do it, you know? proper rules you know and I was like no no we're we're allowed she was like really and I was like yeah so we did it um and because of the pandemic and everything we had hadn't really seen my family much because they're in tip and cork and so we all went to a hotel for Christmas um so that it would be the safest place for my family and parents and everything um so we were in a hotel with all of my family and that morning we found out like we it was positive toilet and we were I was, we were just like oh my god oh my god it, it actually it worked it worked too it was just like it worked what the hell so I was pregnant then hanging out with all my family and we didn't tell anybody because I think we were in such shock that it actually worked um you knew it was gonna work we knew it was gonna work yeah we knew it was gonna work but we also said look if it doesn't work 
at least we're with our family and we can, mm. you know, we're not, you know, being sad or whatever. Mm. So that was, that was when we knew it was positive. We still kind of went, wanted to wait for the blood test. Um, and then, yeah, actually they were so nice in Sims. I video called Katie. So they were like, do you want a video call? while we do the scan. So we video called and she was able to see the scan and everything. And it was just, yeah, very, very emotional and very surreal now looking back to think like that was sunny all along, you know. Very hard to like correlate the two things in your head. Yeah. Like there's kind of the the treatment and the pregnancy. And then there's like this little dude that we have in our life now, you know, and it's hard to kind of make sense of the fact yeah. that, that was him all along. Like when know? we think back of like like all of the injections and everything that we had to do that we had to do was all for this little tiny human we knew we were, you know at the time you don't you think oh I, I just want to get pregnant and you know you do kind of go through actually one thing you kind of jump ahead at the start like everyone does you know you're like oh what if it's a boy what will we name it what will we name it a girl and then when you're in the cycle you're like you take every single day as is it is a huge success you know by the time you get to the egg collection you're like I hope I have enough eggs and then they collect them you're like oh my god okay that I've I have enough eggs that was that box ticked and I knew it was almost like we could always come back to that so if it didn't work if they didn't fertilize and we didn't get embryos at least I knew I had eggs so I could yeah. come back to that yeah you did have to go again next step instead of like seeing the whole process yeah like before we did it I was like oh if it's a boy blah 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 and then you're like okay we're it just forces you to stay in the present for me anyway so much because it was like everything was like a new a new kind of goal to get to and then it was like okay we had embryos and it was okay put them in and it's like okay and then if it didn't um materialize to a pregnancy we knew okay we we can make embryos you know we got that far so we could go back again and go again did you feel a change when you saw that positive test like you want to look after yourself a little bit more or anything like that no because did you I feel different no I don't think I did because because we were doing the IVF it was like I was eating really well. And it already and felt different, probably. I suppose it already felt different anyway, you know, because it was like the journey had already started even from months beforehand because we had we had it in our heads like this is this is kind of the goal and this is what we're what we're aiming for. <laughs> so how many scans did you have with Sims? Did you have a set amount before you moved on to the hospital? Uh, we had a seven week scan, wasn't it? And then yeah, I think and then, and like, then they were like, okay, bye. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seven weeks gone. Which is weird because like we were used to going there and then all of a sudden, right, well done. Off you go, go. job done, box Good ticked. Um, but they, there's something about their insurance. Like they can't do scans past the 10 weeks or something. And it was like, I was like, so where do I go for my 10 week scan? They were like, oh, do you know you could choose your hospital now? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, are you not going to come with me? Like, Yeah, there's probably a bit of that actually because you're so used to it and comfortable there. You get yeah. so used to them and it's always the same kind of few yeah. nurses. And we were really lucky in that way that yeah. I actually like had the same nurse for the egg collection, the same nurses then for the transfer, um, which was just lovely. Like that continuity of care, you don't really get it anywhere. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think everybody gets that. Like it just mm. happened to be. It's nice that you at least had a familiar face there considering Joe couldn't be with you for the appointments. Because yeah. I was absolutely out of, out of my mind when they did the egg collection. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of drugs they gave me. But I was exactly. actually in the same week I had gotten four of my wisdom teeth out and it was the same like sedative or whatever. 
So there's like a video <laughs> of Joe that I took after they like let me brought me in to get her after they did the egg collection and she's just totally out of her mind. Yeah. It's very funny. And Katie was the same pre- like four or five. <laughs> Great crack in your house that week. Yeah, yeah. And the dog got really sick as well. It was oh, yeah. like everything happened in the same week. So let's talk about your care. Did you decide to go public, semi-private or private? Yeah, so we went public. Um, and yeah, we went, we actually went for a private scan at 10, 10 weeks though, mm. before that. Yeah, and we then, went, yeah, we went for yeah. a private scan. There's a really lovely clinic in Bray. Um, and it was just, that was when it actually felt real because I, and even when I went for the 12 week scan, I think it was maybe 13 weeks. It just wasn't even the same, like we, with Katie, cause obviously she couldn't come in with me. So we went for this scan and I remember like, I saw, I saw it on the screen and I just went, <gasps> <laughs> and then I didn't move for the rest of the scan because I I just knew I was going to ball and I, I I didn't want to be like have my tummy going up and down. But Katie was like, "Why isn't she saying anything?" Like, What's oh yeah, because we were in the, the ultrasound place and it's kind of like it's really nice. It's kind of dimly lit and you know it's really quiet and relaxing. And like Joe has the mask on, I've got the mask on as well. And your one's like, "This is the whatever you know shown us." And Joe's just completely dead silent. Not saying anything, barely even breathing. And I was like, are you okay? Like, are you all right? Just such a non-reaction because you were just so I was just trying to hold in the tears because I could feel it. And I was like, I just, my tummy's just going to hang here and then it's going to be useless. Um, yeah, it was pretty special actually, that one. Because they they were like, there's the heartbeat. And then they you could like see it on the screen and hear it. So when did you start thinking about birth and your preferences? And when did you decide to available services of a doula I know you you worked with Pam uh, she's amazing she's so well informed so yeah tell me more about that I suppose um when did you do the postnatal yeah I yeah so I actually decided to do my postnatal yoga teacher training or prenatal um pregnancy yoga teacher training at the same time it just happened to come up and I was like okay this is perfect opportunity to do this while I'm pregnant and it was all online and it was deadly and it was actually a doula course combined with it which was really great and I was like okay this is I'm not really into like sitting down reading all the books so I was like I might as well go to a few lectures and learn this way um March was so that was yeah it was probably around March but there was um a hypnobirthing course that was provided Mm -hmm. by like Kildare Wicklow County Council I think brilliant Um, with the German lady? Yeah. And it was with this oh, yeah. woman and Suzanne. Suzanne. She was actually, she actually works in the coom. So it was just a coincidence. And she was running these workshops every Thursday. Yeah. Night, and it was like, it would be like an hour and a half of like birth to all t- talking about the birth, almost like an antenatal class. And then like half an hour of the hypnobirthing tracks, she'd read them out. And it was just. And they were free, were they? It was yeah, free. yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So it was brilliant. And it was so like, she was just, she was like, oh, you ask for this and you get this and you don't listen to them because this is what you want. And it was just so, she was amazing, really, really empowering. And there was a breastfeeding workshop as well. Um, More than once, uh, Jo would be doing her <laughs> hypnobirthing class and I would either come in from work or come down the stairs and your one Susanna would be chatting away there on the screen and Jo would be fast asleep. <laughs> oh, fast asleep. <laughs> How's your? Oh, I just love the hypnobirthing so much. God. But they sent us the tracks, so we used to listen to them going to bed. Yeah, yeah. 
brilliant. So we just kind of, I just got really into it then. And like, as Katie said, like we didn't have, I didn't really have much else going on. And I was like, right, you know, I just got so interested in birth. And then um, I came across Pam somewhere and I was like, oh my God, like this person is just deadly. Like we need to, we we decided then we were going to invest our money in like, we, we had been doing acupuncture all the way through and then okay. continued to do that. And I was like, look, I I think that people spend, you know, people spend so much money on their weddings, getting their body in a certain way. And I was like, we're going to put every, we've put every, so much money into this already. We're not going to stop now. So I was still going to acupuncture. We were like, we want to, you know, we were going in blind. We didn't really have a clue what, what was going to happen with the birth, but we wanted to have a doula for sure. Um, and then we asked Pam and Pam was obviously going through loads of stuff in her own life. And she was like, hold on a few weeks and I'll let you know. And then we kind of decided if we didn't have Pam, we didn't really want to have anyone because um, we we knew because Katie had actually kind of sat in on some of the pregnancy um, classes on yeah. Zoom. We actually, yeah, it wasn't that we wanted a doula. We actually just, we wanted, just wanted Pam. Pam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because you had so much information, like you had done, like Joe did it uh, as well as the hypnobirthing, like she did a um, prenatal yoga teacher training course, which was like, just so much information and there was people from all over the world like sharing their experiences we also like because because we were at home and everything was on zoom we did every <laughs> course going like we did baby care first aid I did a, a breastfeeding course at one point <laughs> because I signed up for it being like this will be great for Joe now yeah. I forgot to tell her and then the day before they sent me an email like log in for tomorrow whatever and I was like oh come here I signed up for this breastfeeding thing tomorrow and she was like I'm working I have a class <laughs> So I was like, grad, so, so much in the class, so I'm writing notes that I'm trying to like convey all the information back to Joe. But it was great. Everything was there, you know, like anything you wanted to learn, you could just log on and, and learn yeah. it on Zoom in, in a way that we wouldn't have been able to if we were, you know, working in person full time and then also had to actually go to these things. Mm-hmm in a place it's amazing the way you guys just naturally gravitated towards like preparation you went straight into preparation mode from really early on which is which is really nice to hear because not many people do that with their first pregnancy yeah you know what actually I think people do that for the second birth they're like I'd love to do it now but I just we just got so into it and I think um yeah, I just, I just thought this is the best thing in the frigging world. Like, and I felt so good. I, I actually never felt so strong in all my life either. I was like, yes, this is, I suppose we were just so over the moon that it was, had worked. And it was like, this yeah. is magic. Like, you know, this yeah. is going to be parents and, you know, we're going to put every single in. And I really, like, I just jumped right in. I was like, right. Every day I was like, was it like, oh, I have to do my class at the end of today. It was like, my whole day was all about the class almost but I think you know obviously I was lucky enough you know because of the pandemic in that way that we could do things you know obviously it was there was all of the all of the stuff was going on about whether our partners could be in for the birth and there was all of that was happening online and all of these marches and there was just so much that we could have gone we could have gone into that negatively and we could have been like oh what are we going to do what if I'm on my own I was like if I'm on my own I I'm I can control this. I'm going to be fine and I need to be fine because there's every possibility Katie could might not be with me. Pam definitely won't be with me. So I'm, you know, I can't come back after having the baby going, "Oh, sorry baby." Like, you know, I yeah. didn't have Katie. I was like, I'm I've got to wear 
got to step up here as much as I can because I could be on my own. Yeah, like there was definitely a lot a lot of negatives, obviously, to the to the pandemic. And there was a lot of like kind of what ifs um, and a lot of stress, especially towards the end. Like, uh, but there was also a lot of kind of perks, I yeah. guess, that we didn't really think about beforehand, just mm-hmm. in that how much support was available online and everybody was kind of offering advice and yeah. kind of workshops and stuff. Um and, and, so and we had so free. much so much time to like yeah. really kind of delve into that. And there was so much for free as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's amazing you had access to so many resources. I know with hypnobirthing, so people they simply can't afford it and preparation isn't always uh within everyone's reach. So yeah, it's it's cool that you did all those courses and found so many free courses true. So Joe, tell me how you felt about what lay ahead so birth and labor and birth yeah and I couldn't wait for birth I was so <laughs> excited I couldn't wait and I felt like anytime I said that to people who'd already had kids I could see their eyes rolling and I could see them being like this one now you know <laughs> like can't wait for birth sure wait until she you know wait until she's in the throes of it now you yeah. come I could see them being like oh yeah <laughs> and then at 35 weeks I went to um our our GP for a scan and the obviously this nurse's midwife saw me come and you know me being like oh I'm so excited <laughs> I didn't say a word to her because I was like obviously very protective of my space as well and I was like right this is my bubble anyone wants to come in or out you can you know you I was keeping people at arm's length as well because yeah. I want to protect myself um <clears throat> But she was like, uh, you do know your baby is a breach. And I was like, nope, I'm, you know, I, and I didn't know that. She was like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, that's the, that's the bum there. Um, it's actually sideways. And I was like, okay, great. I wasn't aware of that because it didn't, you know, anyway, she was going on like this for ages. And then she was like, you, have they no plan for you? Have they no plan? It was, she was trying to get me, trying to really, really upset me and, and make me worried. And I was like, okay, no problem. She goes, you're probably going to have to have section. And I was like, yeah, I was waiting for that. I was like, yeah. She goes, you do know if your baby's breached, you have to have a section. I was like, I do. Yeah, no problem. And if I do, you know, like, it's not the worst thing in the whole world. Like, you know, especially if it was going to be a planned section. So then we left. I'll never forget. It was the Friday of the August bank holiday weekend. My family were coming up from tip for the weekend. And this woman had like, she was like, I need to get the doctor. I need to get the doctor. She got the doctor and doctor was like, you, she goes, sir, you take a look at her now. Isn't she, isn't that baby breach? And she was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. God, they've no plan for her in the coom. And it was all like, 45 minutes I was meant to be there for like five minutes um and I was like okay and I walked out and I was like what the hell just happened like what who are these people and why are they and I'm, actually just as I left she she brought me back she was like um if you go into labor over the weekend make sure um call an ambulance straight away because you can't give birth naturally and I was like I'm 35 weeks pregnant what are you talking about she was like um well you know you never know and I was like and I was like well, it was actually in hindsight, I was delighted because I was like, this is, it was kind of like a prep of what could have happened in the hospital, you know, so yeah. this kind of headspace challenging me. I was like, no problem. Baby's breach must be two people are saying it. Um, so then from that, like we spent the weekend at my family, had a lovely time. 
And then Monday it was like, right, on to the acupuncturist. When can you get me in? We're doing this, um, the Moxie, Moxas? The Moxie Boston, I think, yeah. So then we were like morning and evening, Katie's down at my toe, <laughs> circling it. You were like, uh, I, I'm a personal trainer and I, I kind of work a split shift most days. So I'd be home in the middle of the day and I'd be like, right, come on, knees up on the couch, uh, like chest down on the floor. And we're like trying to spin All the, the babies that we were on to Pam night and day. What what do we do next, Pam? What's the next thing, you know? Um a lot a load of uh my clients would be like women who have already had kids so they were all you know with the advice what I did was this you could try that at one stage we had um frozen peas like frozen peas or ice or something at the top of the bump and then shining a light up at the bottom because someone told me that this works and we're like fucking try anything do you know what I mean so we were there shining a light up into the baby come on come on baby baby. come on calling the baby to turn around and then frozen peas on top of the bump oh man we tried everything like because we were like we have to just you know give it a go and something will work and then it got to Wednesday and I was like screw this I'm already trying to force our kid to do something he doesn't want to do it's not even out of the womb if it wants to come out (laughs) if it wants to be breached if it wants to come as a section so what I was like I'm not spending the rest of my pregnancy in this mindset of like I need to turn the baby um so I was like if I need to have a section great so I was like right let's let's have a birth plan for a section Katie was a little bit I kind of made peace with it but Katie didn't really did you um no because I was listening to um something uh one of those book audio books with all the different birth stories in mm-hmm. it um and I was oh, just, a bit, yeah, I was just a bit freaked out about the whole thing Katie thought um, my recovery would be really tough and you know obviously it is a lot slower and also we've done all this research on the vaginal birth she was like oh we've done all this yeah like, I was kind of raging as well that we weren't going to get to have the like whole labor and you know like I was ready we've been training for it you know we had like Pam had us prepped I was like I want to do the whole thing you know I want to like and I wanted you to have that experience as well because I felt like that was like a huge part of it. It definitely. But then at was, the same but... time, I was trying to be like, "Yeah, no, that's fine." Yeah, uh, you know, because like I just wanted you to be in a good headspace, no matter what was was going to happen. Yeah. So even though inside I was like shitting and brick, being like, "No, I don't <laughs> really don't want you to have to have a section," but then also trying to be like, "Yeah, that's cool if that's what the yeah. baby wants." <laughs> <laughs> so we got to the Wednesday. I was like, "Grand, bring us in for a section. It'll be fine." And then on the Thursday was, I would go, um, uh, every Thursday was my day to go to the hospital then, or between the GP and the hospital. Did was, we, um, at that stage, have a, like a plan with Pam about having a section, or was that later? No, it was later. Okay, yeah, sorry. She didn't, yeah. So then it was the Thursday, and I went in, and there was this, it was in the middle of the restrictions and everything, but I was like, it had been such a week, I was like, Kay, you're coming in with me, and no one's going to ask any questions. I need you there. I need you for support. If we're going to be talking about a section, I need her to be there. So because she's... there was a pro- Yeah, this was actually when it was probably a, a perk to be a same-sex couple because I just walked into the hospital and sat down in the waiting room okay. and no one asked me anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just sitting there beside Joe, mask on, just just Like waiting. another pregnant person? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I went in then to the uh, midwife and she was like, 
I was like, this is my wife. Um, she's going to stay with us for the appointment. Is that okay? And the, the midwife's like, no problem. I can't even see over at that side of the room anyway. So it's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> she, oh. was like, she was like this lovely, uh, like older woman. And she was like, I never saw you today. I've never met you before in my <laughs> life. I don't know who you are. You're not here. And we yeah. were like, grand, okay. Found, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I told her, look, this is what the midwife and the GP told me. And, you know, I told her that first and then she went through everything else first, all through the birth plan, back over my family history. It was gorgeous. And then she's like, okay, let's check where the baby is. And then she was like, oh, that baby's head is down. Katie, come on over. This is how you check. Baby's head is there. That's the baby's bum. And I was like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew the baby was down all along. Um, she and- was amazing though. She was so calm and she literally, like, she just took my hand and like put it like where the head was and was like that's the head in case you're ever not sure again just have a little feel the head is there the baby is fine yeah it was deadly and then she was like you know what you do now for the next four weeks you just come here don't go to your GP anymore and I was like thank you so we just went we just drove into town then every was an hour every you know into Mm. town or 50 minutes it was good practice because each time you were like okay we'll go this route and we'll go this (laughs) route um so then uh Jumped to like week 40 then and no budge. I started um, collecting colostrum around week 38 and then... We did all the bits. Did everything we to did try everything. and bring on. Uh, we were like uh, messaging Pam literally daily. What can we do now? What can we do now? We were You were eating the dates. We had the evening primrose oil. We we're bouncing on the ball. What else? Collecting the colostrum. Pumping. Pumping. Yeah. Clary Sage. Yeah, Clary Sage, a whole lot. We used a whole bottle. I was glad we used the smell of it. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, So we had everything from like week 38. And I was like, this is is things people do after 40 weeks. But anyway, Uh, we were so ready. We were like, right, let's let's do it now. Yeah. And I was I also had it in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to go early. Totally. And also people were like, yeah, yeah. First baby or one thinks she's going to go early. Uh, Anyway, week 40, I went in on the Thursday again and this doctor said um or no it was 39 she said look we'll bring you in next week and we'll give you a sweep you know if you'd like a sweep we'll give you a sweep and then see if we can get things moving um so it was week four it was the Thursday then of the week 41 um and I went in for the uh checkup and the doctor was there and she said okay would you like a sweep so I said yes I would like a sweep back when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Actually, um, so then she did the sweep and then it was like, this moment and this is the first time when I was like okay I need to have my wits about me at every point in this because um the doctors are just they just as we said earlier like this just second nature to them they just mm. say things so quickly and um so I remember I got the sweep and then she closed back the curtain and she was like okay and telling me all of these things and I was like the first time I'd seen blood since you know my period 10 months ago I was like dear lord what hold on a sec I was like could you just hold on a second and tell me in a minute because I need to like process this clean myself and put my pants up and then can we talk and she's like yeah no problem back in a minute so she went um to see because it was an IVF pregnancy they have, there was all this like, you know, you probably heard it before, like once you get to a certain date, they're like, oh no, you, we need to bring you in. We have to induce you because it's IVF. Um, 41 weeks or a week and a half over or something like that. There was a certain point seven that yeah. you can't go any further. Yeah, I couldn't go further than seven days. And they were like, no, we can't do it even to 10 days because of the IVF. So she went off to check and make sure this was right. And then she came back in and she said, look, we're going to um, bring you in for induction you know, after seven days because of the IVF and I'm going to talk you through the induction now. Is that okay? And I was like, great. And then I was like, can I record you, please? Is that okay? Because I'm going to have to relay all this to Katie. I I just had a sweep. And I think people kind of brush the sweep under the carpet, like no pun intended. But people kind of breeze over it, in for a sweep, that did a sweep. It's a big deal. Like it's a bigger deal than people kind of, think it is um so I was like okay I need a minute and then uh Katie I asked her could she, her name was actually Katie as well I said can I record this for my wife because you know how am I going to remember all these things so we pressed record she was very open to it she said no problem press record and she talked through everything they were going to bring me in on Tuesday um and you know check in and da, 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 da. and she went through everything you know we're going to do the pessary and then um the prostaglandin and then if that doesn't you know then we'll it was almost like it was almost a given that that wouldn't work and then you know we leave you 24 hours then we'll give you another one and um what did they do after the pessary i don't know we didn't get that far anyway um spoiler so so <laughs> 
then it was like, oh, got to the Monday night and I was like, oh, God, no boy. So now in the meantime, you had sent the recording to Pam so she could tell us basically what was going on. Yeah. With your one. So, you know, from Pam is was our doula, just for other people who um, are listening in. Um, Pam, you Sorry, might know her. People just joined us now. <laughs> in case we didn't. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Um, in case people are like, who's Pam? Pam is a Pilates teacher and she's also a doula and she's incredible. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, so uh, we had Pam on call from 38 weeks and, you know, you go to the loo and you're like, oh, is this it? And I, at some point, what I thought was the mucus plug came out. I mean, I don't know if it was definitely wasn't as big a deal as what I thought it was going to be. Um, but Katie was like, how are you now? How are you now? Any, any, anything like, okay now? I was, so I was off work from 40 weeks because I was like, well, the baby's coming on the 31st because I just didn't understand really how due dates were. And I was like, well, that's when it's going to be here. So I better be off work. Um, But like also in the like two or three weeks previous, like every single client that I saw was like, any baby? Have you had the baby yet? As, as your wife had the baby or like asking or being like, you should do this. She should try this. Has she tried eating this or drinking this or doing that? Um, and I was like, just getting so stressed about it that I was gonna, like, you know, go take my time off now or whatever. Um, so then for the week, I was like, well, <laughs> anything, anything, I feel anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was actually a really good, like lesson in hindsight, you know, at the time I was like, this is horrendous. When is the baby coming? Why yeah. won't anyone tell us? Like, yeah, what the hell? Like your life is going to change in the biggest way possible. And it could be today. It could also be not for another month. Yeah, It could be any time in between them and you have no way of knowing. <laughs> That's actually a really nice perspective because we only, well, on this podcast, we only ever hear the perspective of the woman who's about to give birth. And we very rarely hear um, the birth partner's perspective on how they feel about the lack of control surrounding the due date. You're also trying to stay calm, but like there's nothing calm about it because you're like, oh my God, this could happen any second, but also not. So you're in this like heightened state of adrenaline for just an inevitable amount of time. Yeah. So we I I actually was delighted in that week 40 because or 41 because Katie was off and I had been off. Um <laughs> one of my friends uh had a baby four weeks before me. And we'd been pregnant together and we was, and then like, she just deserted me, you know, four weeks yeah. before I was going to have a baby because she had her baby. And I was like, who am I going to hang out with now? You know? <laughs> um, so by the time we got to Katie's week off, I was like, oh, brilliant. I have someone to hang out with now. Great. Um, so we went on kind of like a, a staycation around Wicklow. It was actually gas because we were, we were told all these things, um, how to get the dog used to th- the baby. And obviously we talked about this at the start. Um, but one of the things that Katie <laughs> read about was, you know, get them used to the buggy. So we were like, right, let's go out with the buggy. So we couldn't go out around where we live with the buggy because everyone would be like, oh, you had the baby. No, it's an empty buggy. Um, so who, else, who are those weirdos? So we went up to Glendalough with the buggy and, and the dog. And then we were walking around with the buggy and the dog. And I was 10 months pregnant. I could barely walk. And we're like trying to walk and also hide the fact that there was nothing in the buggy because people would think we were lost the plot. That's actually a lovely idea because there's nothing more than you want to do when you have that lovely new buggy for the first time than to bring it out for a walk. Yeah, but we were like walking past people and like we had the dog and like generally people kind of stop and talk to you. 
And we were there, like, kind of, I was kind of like rocking the buggy, like to make it look like there's a baby. But also being like, don't ask if you can see the baby because there's no baby yeah. on it. It, it was hilarious. A lot. And I was just yeah. basically stopping every two minutes thinking I was going to wee myself. And then he's like, you okay? You okay? You okay? They were like, how is that woman so pregnant? And she's got another baby in the buggy. Yeah. So then anyway, got to the night before um, and Pam came over and she was like, right, let's talk through everything. We listened back to what the um, doctor had said. And at the end, and what was really interesting, actually, at the end of at the end of the voice, it was a voice note. She said, all you have to think about is get yourself here for half six on Tuesday morning. That's all you have to worry about. And it was just like. No, like that's not it was just so like, oh, don't be worrying about all this. Just get yourself there and you'll be fine. It was real kind of old school or something. Um, so we talked through everything. Um with Pam and all the different kind of things that could happen. And basically because of the sweep that she'd done the sweep and we were talking about um, Bishop score and stuff. And she said that I wasn't dilated, but apparently if you're not dilated, then they can't do the sweep. But she said, I'm not dilated. And she did a sweep anyway. So it was just really confusing. And I was like, I was really confused that time when, I was in with her on my own and I felt like I definitely had would have had my wits about me, but I was like, I didn't in that moment. And I was like going in tomorrow. I was like, I don't want to make any decisions without Katie there. So that was kind of like our, what I was going in with for the induction. I was like, look, whatever happens, I'm not doing anything without Katie. And no matter, you know, whatever it is about the restrictions, I'll wait for her to be there before we make any decisions. So we got to the car park or whatever, 20 past six on the Tuesday morning and um Katie was like look go with you know what's your gut telling you and I was like I can't like I can't read myself right now I can't I don't know what's going on and I just felt I remember actually crying in the car park when we were going in mm. I was like this is just it wasn't the way we thought it was going to be because we thought we'll be laboring at home for ages. Pam will come over. We'll have the rebozo. I, I had stories ready to tell Pam and everything. I was like, yeah. I'm storing these for the day when we're going to be um, in labor. And like, I just, yeah, I think as well, like so much of the prep with Pam was like, you know, we kind of thought everything, everything with the restrictions was up in the air. We knew Pam wouldn't be able to be in the hospital. We knew I probably wasn't going to be able to be there. So all along our plan was just to stay at home for as long as we could you know yeah and we were like we'll just do as much as we can at home we'll get like really comfortable then we'll have Pam there and she can tell us when we need to go to the hospital mm-hmm. you know and that was like one of the main things I think in our very first consultation with Pam she was like what do you you know what do you feel like you need and what do you feel like you want from a doula and I was like well how will we know when it's time to go to the hospital you know like I, I felt like we would just go you know, we need to go now, but yeah. actually we wouldn't need to go at that point. You know, just knowing like how long we could kind of do it ourselves for. And that was kind of always our plan. So then when all of that was kind of taken out of the equation, it was like a whole different yeah. plan then, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you were like walking in to the hospital alone and not in labor. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, because also haven't talked about like, oh, this is where we'll drive. We'll drive up to here. I'll drop you off, you know, when yeah. we're when I'm in labor. Um, so anyway, went in and we had talked about trying to get um, checked without being admitted. 
but I asked for that and they said no you have to be admitted before you can be checked or oh yeah so that was one thing that Pam said when when you go in get them to check you and if you're dilated at all then you can go home and wait to be more dilated you know yeah but they we have to admit you first so they admitted me and I got to the hospital I was like I was sitting in the sit down in the bed and I was like I've never been in hospital before, <laughs> which is really weird. I'd never spent a night in a hospital, never been in a hospital in my life. And I was like, this is so strange. What do I do? Like, you know, obviously felt fine, you know, because I wasn't feeling any, like I felt, you know, I was obviously 41 weeks pregnant. It felt very big. And um, I was very uncomfortable at that point. And my feet were so big, like they were like balloons. Um, but uh, so I was like, right, okay, I'll get myself set up. If I am going to be induced, then um you know I want the place to be nice and we had like you know the fairy lights and everything all the stuff that we'd planned um and they told us this with the antenatal classes they were like set up your space if you know get your environment in the right place for you create it you know you can do this you can do whatever you want with the space um and when they were doing the antenatal classes she said loads of people saw this image that we put up on Instagram of this lovely place that had um salt lamps and candles and everything and people who had had babies there before were like the room isn't like this you know um this is you know this isn't actually true and they were like no it is but it's up to you guys to do it so um I was like I had a few affirmation cards and I had the naked doula cards as well I didn't know if it was going to be there for long or not so I made like in the little locker like for myself all these cards (laughs) and like we had um crystals and um I'm not mad into crystals but like we brought one for the egg the transfer the rose quartz the rose quartz and I was like oh this was this must be your lucky charm (laughs) bring it with us um so and actually uh Pam gave us a rose quartz as well so we had I had those and I was like I'll just put them here they'll be nice and handy if I need to leave again and then the first midwife that came around she was like um she placed the my file down and like you know it took my blood pressure and she was just at the end of her shift and I was like sorry I was wondering if you could talk me through what's going to happen today and she was like did nobody tell you already and I was like oh my god no Hmm. half six in the morning I don't want to be here and you don't want to be here either and anyway she talked through it and then she was like and then we'll break your waters and then you know you'll have your baby and I was like, is there any way like we could delay breaking the waters? Or she was like, that's the whole point of you coming in here is to get induced, break your waters, have your baby. I was right. like, okay. And I heard then she left and I heard someone say to her, see you tonight, blah, 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 whatever her name was. And in my head, I was like, I am not going to be here tonight. I can never see that woman again. <laughs> I just can't have her in my head space or in my birth space. Um, so then uh, they came around and they said, look, uh, the doctor came around and said, look, oh, we're ready to induce you now. Um, and I said, look, is there any way that we could delay this? Because um, I'm not the stereotypical IVF pregnancy. I don't have any fertility issues. She said, yeah, absolutely. Your body, your choice, whatever, whatever you wish. Um, let's send you for a scan and see how the baby's doing. So she sent me down for an ultrasound. And then the, the girl in the ultrasound suite was saying, look, everything looks great except for the baby's measuring quite small and they hadn't done an ultrasound since 20 weeks so she was like look we can't really say that you know it could have been progressing at a lovely rate but now at 41 weeks it still looks really small so she said look that could go against you and 
they might actually induce you. And I was like, look, if, excuse me, if that's the reason why they're inducing me, then okay. But I didn't want to be induced because of the IVF. There was, it didn't, it doesn't feel like a valid reason for me. Um, so then we went back up and it was 20 past nine and the doctor came back around. She was looking at my file and she was like, look, um, the baby is measuring quite small. We would recommend induction now. Um, but obviously, if you want to go home, that's up to you. But we wouldn't be able to stand over it um, if anything did happen. So I was like, OK, could we talk about this again in 10 minutes? Because um, visiting hours was at half nine. So then Katie came in at half nine and then the doctor came back around. She was so amazing. She was like, talked through everything again, told Katie everything. And then we just had a minute together. And we were like, right, OK, this actually feels like this is the right thing to do. Um so then they popped in the prostaglandin at 10. I remember it was 10.01, I think. And then I lay down on the bed for about 40 minutes. And then it was like, whoosh, all like full in, full full steam ahead. It was just started, I started reacting to it very quickly. I think you went to sleep for a little bit. Mm. And then you woke up and you were pumping. Yeah. And you were on the ball. Oh, you were pumping, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Because... You had been pumping like a, f- a few days before to kind of like try and kick off the labor. And I was yeah. getting contractions from pumping. Yeah. And then they would go away again. Yeah. So I was trying to bring on the contractions. And so I was pumping and it was definitely wor- like it was really working. Um, so all of that was working together. And this was at um, 10. Yeah. By 11 o'clock, it was like I was feeling it coming on. Um, so then we were I'm just gonna go back here a second because it was pretty funny actually because we were they just they were like right here's the thing and then they just kind of left us to it like in the ward yeah and it was it was cool like in the ward they had like all they had the balls they had yoga mats they had like everything there Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like they were like right we'll come back in a while it was kind of like oh leave you to it but you know you you really had to kind of know all the things to do because no one was like, here's your ball, here's the thing. It was like you had to go around and kind of get them, um, which is fine. But I actually, one of the things that was deadly was, that was, sorry, that was you asleep at one point with your little shrine. Oh, yeah. So it was so funny. I like put up the fairy lights and then all the staff be going past. And they're like, it's like a shrine in there. It's so cute. And then someone was like, it's like a spa. Oh, it's so nice, isn't it? Oh, love you, but gorgeous. Um, And then I thought like Katie wouldn't be as like, kind of confident as me in that kind of sense I thought she'd be a bit what? like like I thought you'd be a bit embarrassed by the lights and stuff. <laughs> um so I was like oh I don't know if Katie's gonna help me with this you know because I was like starting to decorate it all then and then she was like bah, 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 putting it all up and I was like yes oh, I um I thought I told you that what yeah I thought and then but you told me you were like no I was just there doing whatever it was, I was that just you doing wanted whatever you wanted yeah um and it was brilliant and it was really cute. So then and we were walking up and down. and But went. then you were basically in the full on labor. Like, yeah, you, you basically were like you were getting the contractions and the pains. And, and do you feel your hypnobirthing kicked in then when things started to ramp up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We were just Definitely. full you, on. You were like you went to another place. So we came back up. So I remember I went for my second shower. One of the midwives was like, the shower isn't like for hygiene. It's, you know, it's for pain relief. So go sit down, get Katie in there oh, with she you. Sent, she sent you up to a different one because there was a seat and you could sit down. Yeah. It? Yeah. So yeah. I went into the shower and then um, this was later on. And this was like, I remember at one point 
I was in the shower and it was the only point in the whole thing where I thought, I can't do this. I, and I remember leaning against the wall and I'd read a book that um, birth skills, I'd read, you know, kind of skimmed over it a few months beforehand. And then I text my friend who gave it to me the day before and I was like, I can't remember what happened in this book. Can you give me like five points from it? And she said, look, tapping is a really good thing to get you out of your head, just like whether you have your rings on or um, tapping the wall just to distract yourself. So I remember being in the shower and I just started tapping my fingers when I when I thought I couldn't do it. And I read somewhere else um, or on some something I heard. Actually, it was a meditation I did Um beforehand I remember doing it in the bath like a few nights beforehand you know and you're like thinking about the rows opening up and I'm like come on open up cervix <laughs> I was like practically writing letters to my cervix like to open up so um I heard on one of the tracks where the mind goes the body follows so I was like I heard that coming in to my head I can't do this and I was like no 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 you get out of my mind now and then um I got out of the bath or the shower and Katie said she thought I was going to pass out at that point. Yeah. At one point you, when you were in the shower, your eyes were kind of rolling back in your head and you kind of looked like you were going to faint. Yeah. And then I got out of the shower and I was like, you need to leave. (laughs) She was like, what's wrong? I was like, I need to go to the toilet. (laughs) You need to leave. So then I had to, I was very conveniently, there was a sink beside the toilet because I was getting sick and it was a very, very sexy moment. I was like, oh, come on, the rest of the day isn't going to go very nice. So like, could you leave for a minute, please? <laughs> um, so then anyway, I came back out and like I laid it, I went back to the bed and I was, you know, all this like rest in between your contractions. I wasn't getting a second to even sit down and it was back up again. Like it literally didn't have a second. Um, so Katie went down to the midwife and she was like, here, you can take over now. Oh yeah, because at that point I was like, uh, Joe's definitely having the baby. Like this is this is it. Like this is the labor because it was really intense and it was pretty like close together as well. Um, so we were just in the ward. So I went back up to where the nurses said the midwives were, and I was like, um, do you think like you could just check on Joe? Like, I think she's kind of having the baby, and they're like, oh yeah, she having contractions. That's great, and you know, just keep her comfortable. She's gonna be fine. And I was like, yeah, no, but could you check because I think the baby's like you know the baby's coming and they were a bit like oh we're gonna check her in the morning you know Katie was like the morning this was about three o'clock yeah or (laughs) earlier even too maybe and but anyway then they came down and they did the uh, blood pressure was it they did the blood pressure and And then one of the student midwives started um tracking the contractions on my tummy and I thought like I'd never heard this before and like she was like are you gonna get one now and I was like yeah how do you know and it was deadly like because you know you know, when you're having a contraction, you're like, is this really a contraction? Is Or is this something, or is this just the pre-labor? Um, but because she could feel it, I was, it was just lovely that she could, she was kind of exactly where I was and feeling it. And I was, yeah. Um, so then they're like, yeah, okay, this is, this is a big deal. So then actually this Dr. Katie that I had done the sweep, you know, the week beforehand, um, came up and they Not said- Not me, different person. Yeah, <laughs> she's no doctor. Um, they decided to take out the, the pessary because it was I was hyper stimulating so um they took it out and then they were like okay let's try and get a trace of the baby's heart and then they couldn't get a proper trace of his heart because it was was going up but they could it was going up in the contractions but it wasn't coming down quick enough so they were like okay we actually think we need to bring you down to the labor ward and break your waters and I was like oh damn it I was like could you give me a minute there um 
I just want to, um, can I just give me a minute? Just get my knickers on. And, um, they were like, and no, where you're going, you don't need your knickers. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I was like, can I walk, you know, cause I was like determined. I was like, I want to keep moving. Uh, and they were like, well, we'll see, you know, baby will determine whether you can walk down or not. And then they, the whole thing was happening with the heartbeat so we were like we're going to put you in a wheelchair and I was like okay great no problem so they sat me into the wheelchair and I thought you know Eeyore you know 20 minutes running down the hall you know the, the doors are going to swing open and then I'll be in the labor ward it was literally next door I was yeah, like they literally oh, just went around the corner and in you go <laughs> like, I was like yeah. it's another room I was full sure it was like a whole other part it was of the just building. a room on yeah. the same corridor like yeah I was what? like oh we're here okay yeah exactly I remember actually not knowing where it was because at the time I was just so focused on like going with them wherever they were going I was like to go and then when I left I was like I don't know where, where I am. am I yeah <laughs> I don't know how I got here like I couldn't relate the two places to each other the yeah. delivery room was just like a a room suspended in, in time yeah. but they just like grabbed all they were like I was like what do I do I'll gather up the stuff and they were like no go go so they like sent me after the wheelchair and then they like grabbed all the jobs put it all in a white in a bin bag, bin bag. <laughs> With yellow yellow bin bags so they came in and they were like oh here's the stuff and they handed me this bin bag with like the shrine <laughs> all my lights and all and these the like the lights were all flickering in the bag <laughs> with like the little the rocks and like the cards and everything. affirmation very, cards it was very funny in hindsight but at the time it was like what the fuck <laughs> So anyway, we got to the labor board and it was lovely. And they did. Sorry, it was a delivery room, not the delivery room. Delivery room. Sorry, yes, yeah, we yeah. were the delivery room, and they. Uh, it was really nice. It was lovely, and they actually do have a salt lamp in the delivery room, which is lovely. Um, and we met this lovely midwife, and they were all so lovely and so calm, and they were like, "Okay, we're going to break your waters," and, and then I was like, "They said, oh, we're going to break your waters, and then we'll um, then we'll put you on the drip." And I was like, "The drip? Can we mm. can we talk?" after that and just see how I'm getting on I really wanted to just see how my body would because I had before they put the um prostaglandin in I had started dilating so things were were starting um so I asked good is there any way we could wait like an hour after you break my waters before we do anything else and they said yeah no problem we'll go first so then they broke my waters and then I think about 10 minutes in I was like what the hell <laughs> how long is this hour going to be like what the hell is going on um and they were still trying to get a trace of his heart and it was all just a bit like you know trying to get the trace on me and I was like could you give me a minute like it was just all a bit kind of fussy wasn't it do you remember that not really then I was like I need to poo I need to go to the bathroom now and they were like we're trying to get the trace I was like well I need to go to the bathroom so you can get your trace off me um and then they were like okay great they had it on me and it was on a kind of like a you know that drip trolley thing whatever you call it um so then I went off to the bathroom and Katie was kind of like following along with this thing it was in the room like it was in, yeah. in the corner of the room. and uh the ensuite you might call it <laughs> uh so I went to the bathroom and I was like well I don't actually have to go to the toilet and then um, they were still having trouble finding the trace. And I was like, well, I want to go. I want to go on my knees. <laughs> I was determined to like keep moving. And they were like trying to like, you know, move me. They'd hooked me up to. Um, you were on water. all fours on the bed. And the, your one was like at your tummy with the thing trying to like hold it up. Yeah. Trying to get heart. the trace. It, it was like strapped around, you know. And were you most comfortable that way? 
only for I wanted to just see if I would be if it would okay. be better um in that position if I feel a little bit better but I didn't and then it just <laughs> but they were all there was all because they had hooked me up to um had gotten sick twice so they were like okay we're going to give you um just a drip a water drip um so they were trying to like weave it around while <laughs> I turned around and got on my knees and then they're like does that feel better I was like no it doesn't <laughs> so uh turn back around anyway and then um Oh, I forgot earlier on, actually, while I was in labor on the labor ward, we tried out the TENS machine and it made me get sick. Um, and then I don't know if it was that I also got two had two paracetamols. So it could have been what made me sick. Um, but we also we had the acupressure needles. Katie put them all in and then she went to put them in my feet. And I was like, oh, God, no, I, like, don't put them in my feet. That that doesn't feel nice at all. But your fingers feel really nice. So. um. That, that's lovely do that again so she's pushing her thumbs into my feet and I was like okay that's great that's great lovely brilliant and then the next contraction would come and she'd do it again so we were kind of in this kind of flow of like she would push her thumbs into my feet while I had the contraction and it was working really well and I was like the feet the feet the feet you know when I was in the throes of it um so then when we were in the labor war sorry the delivery suite Anytime I got a contraction, Katie would go down and put her thumbs in. And the midwives were just like amazed by this. So she was putting her thumbs in. And then like, I, I was definitely, I was having, like, I don't even know what, like they hadn't checked me in a while, right? Uh, oh, it's hard to remember like this, the sequence of like the timeline of out actually. Yeah, because at one point they went to check. They wanted to do they couldn't get the heart rate, the baby's heart rate. So they wanted to do like this um, pinprick thing in the baby's head to do to the, blood take the blood sample. Yeah. Um, and they were like, can we do this thing? Uh, and and they were like asking me to, for permission, I think, uh, like, is it okay to do this thing? And I was like, do you yeah. need to do it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we need to do it. It's really important. Um, yeah, we have so- to do this thing. Otherwise, you know, we can't get the, we can we don't know if the baby's in distress and then if, you know, if the baby is in distress, we might have to do a section, get the baby out straight away. And I was like, okay, just do the, the blood test thing. So they had like this really, really long needle and they were like going in to um, take a blood sample from the baby's head. Um, but when they when they went to do that, they were like, oh shit, that's like baby's right five there. centimeters or like yeah. it was quite, quite like advanced or whatever. So they took the sample, sent it off and it, they said it was going to be back in five minutes. So it wasn't mm. a big deal. Um, but I think in the meantime, then it had progressed even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think anyway, it was fine. And they got the, res- the result that was fine. Yeah. Right. Everything was fine because they were checking yeah. for whether there was enough oxygen going to the baby. Um, so, yeah, I remember the midwife, she like went down beside me. She looked me in the eye and she was like, we're going to do this test. It takes five minutes to come back. But it, the whole process is, is one minute while we take it and it takes five minutes. Is that OK? And I remember looking at her and being like, what <laughs> are you talking about ask Katie <laughs> like, so anyway they the blood sample came back and we were like there was this was all kind of semi busy I suppose it wasn't like chaotic but I was like in another world and I was like where's the gas and air <laughs> yeah one stage you were like when can I get the gas and air and they were like oh shit oh, yeah, sorry you forgot that now <laughs> they just had forgotten to like Offer it because they were too busy with the heart yeah. monitor thing. So then they gave me the gas and air, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then one of the midwives was looking at Katie, and Katie was like, what, what? Because she hadn't done the thing I wanted her to do. She was doing the feed thing. And then I went like this I made like a 
an action with my hand um uh, to talk yeah and uh I the girl the midwife was like she wants you to keep talking because Katie had been like saying all the affirmations over again like you're so strong I believe in you you're amazing um you know like you can do hard things and you know it's just one more contraction and this you know every contraction is one step closer to our baby and um and it was just amazing and the like the midwives were like who are these two like <laughs> <laughs> um so we yeah then it got to like the pushing part and like it really it was it just flew it so fast from there um like his head was coming out and then Katie came up to me and she was like oh my god his head is here and we didn't know what the sex of the baby was okay. so but but she said he's coming I can see his head and all the midwives were like I thought you said you didn't know and it was like we knew we just knew in our heads it was sunny like um and even we knew he like we only had one name and the only name we had was Sonny and like even you know when this some of the scans we got like looked like him they didn't look like you know some of them look like little alien babies like him at the beginning he definitely did but then he really looked like himself in one of the later scans um so in the midst of all this kind of like all the busyness of it all um my mind kind of went a bit like I was just like I couldn't really kind of hear anything or see, you know, you're just in another world, but I could hear my playlist in the background. Um, cause we had been listening to, we made this playlist ages ago and we kind of put it on. I would put it on in the mornings just when I'm getting ready. Um, and then I was like, I wanted to be so used to it so that I could, you know, it would feel comfortable when I was in labor. And then I heard, I heard it in the background. It was kind of like a little anchor in the background, which was deadly. But there was a song that was coming on that I didn't like. And I was so sick of it. And I was like, oh, this song, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this must be some kind of a sign like that, you know, I'm meant to hear this song right now. And we're nearly there. So uh, then he came out and it was like straight up on the chest. He latched on straight away. But at the start, remember, we could see his head. Well, yeah. I could see his head. We could see his hair. And how does that feel to see that? I'm so jealous. I would love to see, to see a baby crowning. It was fucking insane. Like it was, it was so insane. Like it, it's like, like literally like you could just see kind of this curly hair. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, it was the most mental thing. And then they were like, they kept like repeating. They were like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And like, they, there was like one um midwife like right at the end she was like I guess catching him mm-hmm. like ready to catch him kind of um they were just yeah. so good like they were just deadly um and then he just popped out like his whole head just came out and then his head was just like there there and it was like purple like yeah. just this tiny purple head it, it was, was huge though right well, like compared to the size of the baby, it was yeah, tiny. Yes, well, <laughs> compared to the hole, compared it was your small. Head. <laughs> compared to the hole, it was big. Well, it was smaller than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the size of a whole baby. Yeah. Like it was a small head. Um, and then he just the rest of them just kind of flew out, and the yeah. midwife like caught him, and the cord was kind of winded around him, so she kind of like unraveled that, and then just threw him up on on Joe's chest, and he was just I was just like he's here, he's here, he's here. And they were like, we haven't even checked yet. And I was like, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Um, yeah, fucking hell. Mad going back over it now. It's like, yeah. it was just, I was trying to figure out, like, I asked Katie yesterday, I was like, at what point was I in transition, you know? Because everyone talks about this, this moment. But I was, 
Probably when you were getting thick about the playlist. Yeah. Oh, sorry, actually, before they took out the baby, the midwife, her name was Tara. She was like, sorry, I just need everyone to know that um, Katie is going to be the one that says the sex of the baby if you didn't get a chance to read the birth preferences. I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, wow. Really respecting your space. We were like, what? Because <laughs> we obviously had written that like yeah. months ago. Ages ago, yeah. 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 We were like, all oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then afterwards she was like, look, I'm really sorry that like there was a couple of extra people in the room. We just needed to get, you know, do this, this, and this. And I know that you didn't really want that in the first place. So sorry about that. And I was like, thank you. And she was like, look, you're, you know, you guys did so good. Like you're such an amazing team. And they well were done. really incredible. And so tell me how you felt when Sonny was put up on your chest. It's like, God, how do you put that into words? It's the most incredible. Like it was, I was so relieved. I was so relieved because there was moments of like, you know, with the, this trace and the heart rate and heart, you know, we can't get it. It's very hard to kind of block that out. You know, you can hear though, you can hear them talking in, in, you know, amongst you, even though I was kind of like out of it in another kind of zone. I was trying to zone them out as much as I could, but you do worry, you know, there, you do worry in those moments. But I was just, once I had him in my arms, I was like, it was almost like everything. It was, it, it's literally everything we've ever dreamed of. It was right there in our arms and everything we'd worked for, everything we thought about was just there. And he was just, we knew him, like we knew him already. We got to know him 10 months ago, we'd be talking to him so much. Um, and he, he's, yeah, he was such a sound little fella. Yes, <laughs> he's still so sound. <laughs> but so he was lovely. exactly, he was exactly like we knew he was going to be. Like I saw him and I was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. Like he was exactly the way I imagined he would be. Like he was just exactly that. Like Joe said like, something very similar actually when you were talking about up the toilet there was something very yeah. similar. So that's killed here. The same thing yeah, from both yeah, of you. Exactly <laughs> the same. Like it was, it was like, yep, there he is. is. So, yeah, that was what it was like when we had him in our arms. And it was yeah. like, oh, here's all our family right here, right now. And and yeah, it was just epic. We spoke for about two hours, but little Sonny needed some TLC. So this is the end of this part of our conversation. But I will be chatting to Joe about her postpartum experience in a couple of weeks. So I will give you, I'll let you know when we're going to have that chat. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly did. And I will have another episode for you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.